This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Already live from Studio C. Say, senor. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, to kick off a brand new week, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, the Supreme Leader of Iran. Of Iran, that's right, Jack. Tensions in the Gulf rising, seizing of tankers, seizing of alleged spies. Right, so they got 17 spies they arrested that, in theory, were working with the U.S., right? Although this happened a year ago, so it's been kept under wraps for quite a while. Over a huh. year ago. It's interesting. I'm glad we had CIA moles, though, in their uh, system for all this time. My favorite aspect of this story is that uh, the various press outlets I've heard the story on have reached out to the CIA, and the CIA is, and this may shock you, not commenting. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're ours. Yep, yep. They're spying for us. They're uh, yeah, on the nuclear program specifically. Yeah, right. Exactly. We're giving yeah. them money and Steve and Dale. Yep, yep, yep. The guy in the nuke plant, he was one of ours, too. Yep. <laughs> uh, hilarious. They've already executed some, going to execute mothers. Yeah. Anyway, what are you going to do? Yep. We might talk to somebody about Iran later. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. You don't know what we're going to do. Um, do we? No. Does we don't, anyone? We don't know either. Oh, boy. We don't either know what we're going to know. That's not good. And it's Mueller week. And yep. Mueller finally testifies it's on Wednesday. Week. There's a way to Mueller week. What does that mean? It's like Shark Week. We've got, exactly. <laughs> Monday, we've got the Mueller parade. Then Tuesday, of course, the Mueller dance contest. When Mueller's attack. <laughs> Wednesday is Kids Mueller Day. Or kids dress up like Mueller to go to school. And you know what's going to be interesting on Mueller Day Wednesday is within about three minutes of the questioning starting, maybe 30 seconds of the questioning starting, you'll know whether there's going to be anything to the day or not. Oh, Because if he says, uh, I will refer you to page 32 of my report, if he says that for the first answer, which a lot of people think he's going to. Then it's a then it couldn't be a bigger nothing. <laughs> As I made clear, I do not intend to go beyond the scope of the report. Yeah. So if you'd like more on that, it's on page eighty six, paragraph two of my report. Yeah. Uh, if he does that, then it is going to be <laughs> the wind going out of the balloon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> on the other hand, if he says, "Well, here's an interesting thing that I didn't put in the report," and then starts in on some story. <laughs> Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, no. And, and just the fact that we, we anybody, anybody, is focused on the Mueller report at this point. It's pretty hilarious. And still obsessing over that and hoping it will provide the real wind and the sails of the ship with the try to overturn Trump or whatever. Just the idea that the Mueller report is going to be a big deal at all. Right. We, so at this we, point, that, that's a stretch. It fits in with we came back from vacation, and I, I know I just felt like as I as, as, as traveling around the, the part of the country and uh, living real life and whatever, is it just so much that gets talked about, including on our own show, nobody's actually thinking about or, or cares about. Right. And then trying to figure out how to how to handle that, because uh, Chris Wallace opened his show yesterday with the story I don't even want to mention. All right. You know, we know what we're talking about here. But it's the we? story that 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 the cable news talked about all last week, mm. the squad versus Trump, the tweets. Right. And and 
Chris Wallace opened on Fox yesterday with the story that all of Washington was talking about and the entire nation. And I thought, you know, I all of Washington was talking about it, but I don't think the entire nation was talking about it. I, I just I don't think that's true. Now, I could be wrong. I don't have anything to base that on, but I don't think people are really into these stories the way the media thinks so. And 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 if I'm right, then then what do we do? Right. Well, here you go. This is funny. This was a uh, point of conversation in the pre-show meeting today. Here's your your headline, uh, Washington Post. He always doubles down inside the political crisis caused by Trump's racist tweets. And the term crisis comes up over and over again in all these headlines. And the idea that uh, maybe there's a quote-unquote political crisis, but the idea that America's in crisis because Trump said something mean is just hilarious to me. I just don't know if real Nobody are... I know is that, you know, reacts to it like that. Yeah, I don't know if anybody in their real lives is really doing much about it. Just kind of living their lives. Like right. I'm, I'm looking through the Washington Post and the story about how processed food is what's making us fat. They finally have the proof. That's what got my attention. Right. That affects my uh, actual day-to-day life. Right. We're going to talk more about that later. It's troubling. The processed food thing or the crisis thing? The, the processed food thing. Troubling, because I eat a lot of stuff in plastic. I just do. Mm, well, you need to stop. I know I need Clearly. to stop. Remove just need... it from the plastic first. Yeah, really? <laughs> That's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, if it, if it came in plastic, it's probably bad for oh. you. Almost certainly bad for you. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I've been all right. As they say, one step forward, one step back. Yesterday, I walked two miles on the treadmill. Then I stopped at the grocery store, realized it was National Ice Cream Day. It was 40% off, grabbed some Ben no, and Jerry's. No, it's not. One step forward, two steps back. And <laughs> grabbed some Ben and Jerry's and went home and had a pint of ice cream. So There you go. It was National Ice Cream Day? I guess. That, you polished <laughs> off the full pint? Yeah. yeah. And that swayed you. <laughs> milk, and cookie, milk and cookies, Ben and Jerry's, is 40% off. Okay. If, if they, whoever they are, told you it was National Press Your Face on a Hot Stove Burner Day, Michael, <laughs> would you do that? Possibly. Free will, man. Free will. You run your own life. Not somebody's phony calendar. National Sharpen a Pencil and Jam It in Your Ear Day. Right. Well, I guess I better. Well, honey, that's what, it's, that's what my calendar says. <laughs> What'd you say, guys? <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, but not as well as a uh, former NASA intern who, back in 1976, at a government surplus auction, bought uh, the three original videotapes of the Apollo 11 moon landing. Oh. Those very same tapes were sold over this weekend at an auction for $1.82 million dollars. Uh, more than 8,000 times what this intern paid back in 1976. How do things like that happen? How were they for sale for nothing at a list? surplus? We had too much. Wow. That's interesting. How in the budget on it? Or yeah, I don't know. Yes, I don't know what they were doing. Amazing. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. It's like there's a, there's a book out about the hunt for the most expensive painting in the world, that Leonardo da Vinci painting that everybody believes oh, the leader of Saudi Arabia MBS has. has. Yeah, yeah. But part of that book can, contains, uh, they, they tracked down this dude in New Orleans who had the painting in his house and sold it for $1,100. <laughs> and it ended up being worth a half a billion dollars. How and they sad found him, is he? And the interesting thing is they found him hanging in his attic. <laughs> no, he didn't know. He didn't oh. know. It wasn't a big enough deal. He's not really into art. It wasn't a big deal. He'd never heard the story. Wow. That, that, when, when, when it sold a couple of years ago for a half a billion dollars, he didn't hear it because he's not really into art. He said, 
that painting that I had that I sold is the most expensive painting in the history of the world? This whole time he's been telling people about this sucker that he off- offloaded yeah. this painting for for, yeah. a, for a little more than a grand. <laughs> painting wasn't even finished. Right. <laughs> it was by Leo somebody. <laughs> How crazy is that? Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. It is time once again to break out your eating pants, because after two Too months, late. after two months of gaming abstinence, I scored again. You're one of the world's greatest gamblers, He's saving up his luck. Okay? Yeah, yeah. You have learned. You have. You got to do a research paper on this. You can save up luck. <laughs> You bank it. You bank your luck. Right, and you compile it, and then you get enough, and then you go gamble. Right. I came in a big winner off an investment in sport in what is called the Open, which is a golfing contest. I am bringing home the bacon courtesy of Messrs. Shane Lowry and Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, fantastic. If your gambling means I get to eat for free, that's absolutely fantastic. Indeed, indeed. So go ahead and enjoy. Thank you very much, Mark. Congratulations. You really do win a lot. So you can you can bank luck, like a savings account, clearly, and then spend it when you need it. Well, see, we, we're just going with what Marshall claims is happening. For all we know, he's sold a kidney and he's selling his plasma on the wait, weekends wait, wait, and he I, wins I, one out of one hundred and fifty times. He sleeps in the bathroom at night and showers <laughs> I, in the selling oxycontin to eight year olds just do, to get by. I do have a Stop staff. Guys, I want to eat. I do have a staff witness who was with me when we saw the actual win. Yeah, uh, Marshall and I, we met for uh, for a little uh, Sunday brunch. And uh, if if it is a ruse, it's an elaborate one, because he was quite excited as <laughs> no, the, the final scores were coming in. I don't think we're doubting that you won. We're yeah. just, we're just uh, Joe might be doubting how often you lose and then don't mention well, it. I don't time. mention I've, the losses. I've known compulsive gamblers, yeah. <laughs> Everybody I've ever go, known yes. who gambles doesn't mention the losses right. and only mention ones they won, and you right. kind of get the impression they win a lot. Right. But uh, but you're actually abstaining from gambling in between, and I'm is, I'm going to be putting it down for uh, another couple of months because you can bank luck away. and put yep. it in a wow. savings account, yep. spend wow. it when you need. And it. he's <laughs> only got one kidney left. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Monday, July twenty second, the year twenty nineteen. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then let's begin navigating through the straits of truth and lies, precisely according to FCC rules and regs. At Mark, we need a, a deeper level of emotional and psychological rebonding with our own principles. Otherwise, they're, they're in marble, inscribed on walls somewhere, or they're written on, mar- on parchment somewhere. But if we're not holding them in our hearts, they lose their moral force. There you go. That's actually a good point. The great Marianne Williamson. Who is so, still Mr. Ru- President, if you're listening. Who is still running for president. Yes. Um, <laughs> Qualified for the debate. Yep. Yes. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Iran breaks up an alleged CIA spy ring and seizes a British oil tanker while they're at it. We're all gearing up for the Mueller testimony. And, my friends, brace yourselves for the great guac shortage of 2019. Oh, I just wolfed some down last night. Yes. Uh, Britain's really struggling to figure out how to handle this situation, too. Are they going to get sucked into uh, some sort of Middle Eastern conflict? Be nice to see somebody other than us get sucked into a Middle Eastern conflict. They're in the midst of trying to figure out who's running the place, too. Right. They don't really have a PM. How's a mailbag looking? Oh, it's very nice. We have some weekly shower thoughts. Start the week off on a contemplative note, among other things. And that new research about what you should and shouldn't eat is pretty interesting, too. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
progressive state of Oregon now has a law that includes mental health days for high school kids. So you're going to get up in the morning and think, you know, I just... I just don't feel like I can do it. Not feeling it today. And you can make an excuse to Feeling run down. Like if you were physically uh, sick. Wow. Which I understand the logic behind. Mm. Treating mental illness the same as physical illness. It actually is physical. But and or stress. Can, can be physical. stress, yes. But if you added up the number of times that I either didn't feel like going to school or work in my life, and then got up and went ahead and went, which would be 99.99% of the time. Right. Um, and, and most of the time you get to work and you're fine, by the way, you think, Hey, I got over whatever I was feeling in bed this morning. <laughs> it took you a little longer to get up to speed than usual. Yeah. Who cares? That was Nobody the thing my cares. mom always did. She said, well, just go to school. If you don't feel if, in an hour and you still want to call it, just call, go to the nurse. And I never did that. Right. I would just go and I would just be with all my friends. And all of a sudden right. the momentum of the day took, took exactly. away. Yeah. And, and back to my ongoing theme, the difference between a policy that makes you feel good when you propose it and sounds good. And then taking like 30 seconds to analyze how it would actually operate in the real world. Uh, excuse me, we're going to let high schoolers decide whether they feel like going to school or not? How do you think that's going to go? <laughs> and nobody said that? I would have laughed if somebody had brought it up in a meeting. Shut up! You've got no, to I'm serious. I think we need to shut up! <laughs> No, I mean, the mental health is important. Shut up! <laughs> Mailbag. Hey. Let's count the number of days I do feel like going to school or work. It'll be a lot faster. Here are your weekly shower thoughts as compiled by Rich in Salt Lake City. Humans must be a very... Con- oh, it's an all-animal-themed shower thoughts today. Ooh, huh. I like themes. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Humans must be very uh, a very confusing species to wild animals. One minute a human might be trying to kill them, the next minute a different human's trying to help them. We are the least consistent predators on the planet. Yeah, that's true. True enough. Spear the whales! Save the whales! The whales are thinking, what? What, what is it with you? Uh, the most unrealistic thing about the new Cats movie is not a single anus is visible. No. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I mean, that's... That is... One thing you might take away from the bizarre trailer for the new Cats movie. <laughs> you know, I will. If you, everybody's saying, what is the deal with this movie? What's the plot? I watched the plot. I was confused. It's, it's, listen, it's sappy Andrew Lloyd Webber songs sung by cats who are really people to people who wish they were cats. And the plot doesn't matter, and it's just songs, and it's okay. Mm. It's 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 terrible. I've never been forced to see that. So. Oh God, just not my cup of anything. The best takedown I saw of the that trailer was somebody said the, the the negative reaction of this was theater people realizing that this is how all musicals look all the time to non theater people, and they're having an <laughs> existential crisis. Yeah, I like that analysis. That's pretty funny. It's pretty close. Yeah. We've been, back to the shower thoughts, we've been catching fish using the same trick for centuries, and they have never caught on. No kidding. (laughs) Geez, for thousands and thousands of years. Stupid, stupid fish. Hey, look, food. You'd think think word had gotten around. Uh, Let's see, moving along. Who sent this along? Oh, it's Chuck. Uh, There is a uh, a change.org petition to recall uh, pretty, pretty Gavin Newsom, the mayor of Corruptifornia. I'm sorry, the governor. Uh, which we've posted at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, the basis, the the reasoning is that he is intentionally 
admitting illegals by the millions to change the demographic patterns and voting patterns in California, and that's unconstitutional. Uh, go ahead and sign it if you like. Maybe we'll skip that for now. Uh, here's some fabulous um, analysis by S., who says, with the legalization of public defecation in places like San Francisco, a task force is needed to deal with the unpleasant side effects. And he mentions that the the soldiers of sewage are paid $120,000 annually to clean mm. up poop. And uh, he says, uh, as, as long and short of it is, you know what you ought to do is empower citizens to do this themselves, but then you'd have people eat a $2 burrito and then <laughs> extrude it onto the pavement and make $7 at the hourly rate oh, off of the $2 burrito they themselves have eaten. This is all true, but just disgusting. It's gross, but it's American ingenuity at its finest. Well done. Armstrong and Getty. Love cutesy terms here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, Can't get enough of if them. If there's one thing we like, it's cutesy uh. terms. Who here is wearing pockies? That's pocket undies, which apparently is a trend as underwear becomes outerwear. If you live anywhere near a college town, or you see how college kids wear underwear out all the time. Uh, this particularly for men, pocket underwear. Pockies, they're do called. tell. So are you wearing pockies? Where do, where do, how do you see it? What is this? That's what I'm you wear for sea. clothes. So you're wearing your out oh, and so about. So it's, it's like underwear with pockets? Yeah, which I don't know how it's not just shorts at that point. but It is, I think. <laughs> wearing what you slept in and just walking around in it is really a big thing in the co- among the college kids. Oh, boy. Why get dressed? And then you use a mental health day at high school because you don't feel like going to school. Right, right exactly. Yeah. That's where we are now is a weak, weak nation. <laughs> Let's get to news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Iran is claiming they have broken up a CIA spy ring, arresting 17 people that state media says were recruited to provide information on the Islamic Republic's nuclear and military sites. The nationalities of the accused wasn't immediately clear, but apparently some of them have already been sentenced to death. Now, that news comes just as British Prime Minister Theresa May gets ready to chair a meeting of the government's emergency committee, the COBRA Committee, after Iran seized a British-flagged oil tanker in the Persian Gulf last week. Britain's defense secretary saying... It's very clear that those, uh, that ship was in Omani waters. This is an illegal and hostile act. That drama unfolded on Saturday in the Strait of Hormuz. Before the uh, actual seizure, radio traffic between Iran and a British warship in the area went like this. If you obey, you, be, you will be safe. Alter your course to uh, 360 degrees immediately. Over. And the Stena Imperio, this is a British warship Foxtrot 236. So I reiterate that as you are conducting transit passage in a recognized international strait, under international law, your passage must not be impaired, impeded, obstructed or hampered. Iranian state news says the vessel actually collided with an Iranian fishing boat and did nothing to help them. They say that's why the tanker and the crew were taken to port in Iran's southern court. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's camel crap right there. That didn't happen. Camel crap. But uh, we'll be talking to the fabulous Ian Bremmer uh, next hour on the Armstrong and Getty Show about the situation in the Persian Gulf, why Iran is behaving the way it is, what they hope to get out of it, and what the likely response will be. But if they're seizing oil tankers yeah. 
right and left. That just can't go unchecked for too long. And Britain's not happy about it. No. Although, I'll tell you this, the whole, it was a Britain flagship. Are you familiar with that at all? You've got various countries around the world who will uh, allow you to register your ship in their country for a fee. And some countries have a lot less uh, paperwork and fees and the rest of it than others. And so there are, there are certain countries on Earth. I, what's the, the one African country that everybody's ship is flagged by that? Just because that paperwork's cheaper. Um, but, for instance, this British flagged ship right. had uh, uh, Russian sailors and Algerians. And, and you know, it's, it's, Correct. It's, it's a U.N. meeting on that ship. It's not like it's a bunch of Brits saying tally-ho and keeping a stiff upper lip and sipping their tea as they sail the oil through the straits. No, it's just... It's a, it's a paperwork thing. Yeah, what are the countries? But at the same time, from national pride, for national pride, right. I suppose, you have to say, well, it's a British flag ship, so we're going to stand up for it. One of the countries, Panama. A lot of... Uh, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Panamanian flag yeah. tanker. House uh, Judiciary uh, Chairman Jerry Nadler claimed over the weekend that former Special Counsel Robert Mueller's congressional testimony on Wednesday will present, quote, very substantial evidence of wrongdoing by President Trump. Yeah, right, the report presents very substantial evidence that the president is guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors, and we have to present the, or let Mueller present those facts to the American people and then see where we go from there because the administration must be held accountable and no president can be, can be above the law. So I watched that, unfortunately. Whatever. Whatever. Here's what's going on. Muller Day is Wednesday, and we got this text. Ah, Muller Day. Eating Muller Melon and the kids playing Muller Ball in the yard. Drinking Muller Ale and dancing the Muller Mash. Happy Muller Day. (laughs) Uh, So this is what's going on. A poll showed that 3% of Americans had read any of the Muller Report. Mm. 3%. Which is close enough to be nobody to say nobody. So nobody read the dang thing. And uh, Nadler and his people are actually just going to have Mueller read passages from the thing. And you might think, well, that's a waste of time. But they think nobody read it. This is going to get a tremendous amount of media coverage. We're going to have him read the parts that we think are important. Right. They currently have 90 Democrats in the House that are for moving forward with impeachment. They're hoping doing this will get that number up well over 100. Mm. And maybe they can get something going there. That's the point of this. They're just going to have Mueller read his report because we nobody had the time. As much attention as it got all around the nation, nobody had the time to read it. Although that gets back to my point earlier this hour. What D.C. thinks is an interesting story doesn't mean anybody in the country cares at all. Boy, they're trying like crazy to whip it up, though. The I, Mueller I, thing, the, the, the Trump saying mean tweets thing. Right. I don't have any data on this, but I don't believe there's very many people actually in the country that were paying attention to the back and forth between the squad and Trump last week. Agree 100%. I just do not believe that real yeah. people are spending much time on that. So you can say Washington is all a buzz. That doesn't mean anything for the rest of the country. Maybe you think it should be paying attention, but I don't think it is. And that's why nobody read the report. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I've got to remind Judy to uh, to bake the cookies for Tuesday night, which is, of course, Mueller's Eve. Oh, the Mueller cookies. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something that will get a lot of people's attention. The coming guac shortage. Oh. The soaring price of avocados has got a number of restaurants now pulling the popular fruit. Yes, it is a fruit. It's from, a fruit? From the menu, yes. It's a fruit, a pitted fruit. For the first week of July, the wholesale price. Why of, do people uh, get so upset when I put it in fruit salads? Yeah, Oof. yuck. 
Or fruit juice. <laughs> Wholesale price of mid-sized avocados from Mexico, 129% higher than the same time last year. So th- from practically free to a dollar. So why don't they just charge is. more? I'll go to the restaurant and just charge me more oh, for your they guacamole. Will. They will, okay, indeed. Okay, no, whatever. But so instead of paying a dollar, I paid two bucks. I'll be, another o- 1%. I'll be okay. But on, so will everybody else. But on top of all this, California's avocado season's coming to an end, and it was the smallest crop in more than oh, a decade. Oh, disaster. The perfect storm. There you <laughs> go. That is a wrap. I, just, I can't believe you're putting up with avocado inequality like this. Bernie needs to bring this up on stage whenever the, the, right. the next round of debates is. When is that, by the way? Uh, next next week. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. I think it's the 30th and 31st. All right. So, anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. USA Today drilling down on the $400 emergency question, which I saw come up on some of the cable news shows yesterday. This is the idea that there are so many Americans that don't have enough money for a $400 emergency, which, if you're one of the Democratic candidates, is proof that this is an evil country and Trump's economy is evil. And then for a lot of us... We need to redistribute. It's proof that you should cancel your Netflix subscription and your smartphone until you have enough money for $400 emergencies. But uh, there there are new details on that. Buy bruised avocados for a while. <laughs> Among other things we got to talk about, are you wearing pockies? You should be wearing pockies. <laughs> I'm not. I'm getting dressed like a human being. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Once upon a time, you dressed so fine Through the bumps of dime in your prime Then you Yo, what's up? Among the things we may or may not get to throughout the show This guy who uh, can draw in his sleep He has no artistic talent when he's awake But in his sleep, he can, uh, he's, he's great at art Wait a minute Is that legit? Wilbur Ross, who runs the Commerce Department Whatever that is, keeps falling asleep in meetings He's tired more on Oregon's new law for high school kids to be able to take a mental health day. Can't imagine if you'd have told me, if somebody had introduced to me at age 15, if there if there's a day when you just really don't feel like you can do it, right? you can go ahead and stay home. I'd have been home the next day. I, just, I don't see how this works in practicality. Right, obviously. Do they, the number's got to be limited, right? Well, I'm sure it is, but whatever it is, I would yeah, be I using them all. But the whole point is that you got to do stuff you don't feel like. And Your sometimes when life. you really, really, really don't feel like it, and that's what character is. That's what toughness is. It's what you need. Although, I don't know. God, the kids with their, li- their, their social media and their online trolling and the rest of it, and the anxiety at levels that have never existed before, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they need it. I was at a park yesterday, a skateboard park, upscale neighborhood, and went over to use the restroom while my son is uh, scootering around the skateboard park. And the restroom is now, uh, the signs on the door say all gender restroom on both of them. Used to be a men's and a women's for the several years I've been going now. Now they both say all gender. And somebody had scratched into the metal plate. The words uh, woman on one side and men on the other side. And I thought that was interesting because I just I wonder what percentage of people getting back to what is really going on versus 
the fanciful world that's presented to us. And pushed hard by a tiny percentage. Right. What right. percentage of people that show up to that restroom in that park like the idea of an all-gender restroom as opposed to a men's and a women's, the way it's always been? But it's pretty small. I bet it's tiny, vanishingly yep. small, as they yep. say in the statistics business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I was thinking about this actually during the break, how the desperation for people's eyes and ears is just growing and growing. And so the, the cable news networks in particular, they've decided that constant strife and crisis is the way to keep you tuned in. So it's funny, once you become aware of it and, uh, and enjoy this for the next 48 hours, look for the word crisis. In news stories, in headlines, uh, it's it's everywhere. Everything is a crisis all the time. And the other example of it is I heard some blubbering half-wit Democrat congresswoman on the CNN this morning, and she was throwing around the words racist and hate um, indiscriminately to describe everybody she disagrees with. I was rooting for if it was a pool and she'd said fascist, I would have won big. But she never actually used the term fascist. And so, that's, gosh, that's another one now. Not, if everything is racist, nothing is racist. Nothing is hate speech. Nobody's a fascist. It's just, what's interesting to me is what's next after this. This period where everybody's going full on, hair on fire. This is a crisis of hate. When the president says something mean in a tweet or whatever, what what comes next? Just like widespread cynicism like they have going in Russia where nobody believes every, anything and everybody just shuffles around staring at the ground or what? I don't know. From widespread hate to widespread heat. Over 100 cities set records over the weekend. Mm. I don't know if that never happens or happens every summer. I don't really have any perspective for that. It seems warm to me. Does it was kind of cool, uh, seasonally speaking, where I live, but uh, that's fun. Uh, also, um, this $400 emergency question that the USA Today dug into a little more. Uh, maybe we'll get to that later in the program. I heard Mr. Bullock, the governor of Montana, who's running for president, finally got a little time on one of the talk shows yesterday, and he's uh, made the debate stage. So throw him into the mix as a 1% or less candidate out there. What would you think of him? He strikes me as a smart and reasonable guy. Yeah, he is all right, but uh, he... Doesn't doesn't have the magic? He, 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 uh, he rubbed me raw on the whole... Fo- we live in a country where half of Americans don't have $400 for an emergency, and that's because, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not going with you there. Certainly no. not going with you there. $400 for... We got this text... Um, do you have a smartphone and an account? How about you don't have that for a little while until you get $400? Do you have Netflix and Hulu and that sort of stuff? Get rid of that. Uh, do you have $400 worth of tattoos only for you and your wife? Get rid of those. Um, the number well, of things you don't you get your money back on tattoos. No, well, don't get them in the first place. I, I need to return this, please. <laughs> don't get them in the first place until you have $400 in the freaking bank. I heard that. To be able to handle a minor crisis. Well, I like the Armstrong principle that you stated, I think it was last week, that I will not offer any sympathy to you until I have seen an analysis of your spending. The idea that financial security is a one-question question, and that question is income, and that's it. Is ridiculous. It's income and outgo. It's the the question is actually would have trouble paying a four hundred dollar bill, whether you could or not. I don't I don't know what qualifies as having trouble, but four out of ten households maintain that they would have trouble paying for a four hundred dollar unexpected expense, including seventeen percent of households with more than a six figure income. Okay, 
There you go. You got a six-figure income in your household. 17% of those households could not handle a $400 unexpected expense. That's, well, that is living absolutely to the end of your means, if not beyond, which used to be seen as immoral. It was like punching someone on the street is immoral or defecating on the street is immoral. It was seen as immoral to live a profligate life. What seems to be immoral is questioning this at all, as you're supposed to just say, oh, my God, that's so terrible that they're in that situation. What do we do to change society to make sure that they have more money? Right. Because that's the way it's presented all the time. I haven't seen anybody yet even ask the questions we're talking about. Mm. It's kind of pathetic, really. A little troubling. Yeah. I mean, if... If I became aware that one of my kids was living like that, oh, spending like a lunatic and then whining when they were out of money, I would think, okay, I got to be kind of diplomatic here, but I'm going to yell at them because that's stupid and pathetic. Yet we're running an entire society with that philosophy. <laughs> how, how does that happen? Here's a good day. So on the mental health day law that they now have in Oregon, where in high school you can take a mental health day. Yeah. If you're not into it that day, you can. It's an excused absence, like if you uh, had the flu. Um, I wonder how many mental health days will be on days when papers are due. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Right. How many times did I had I had not finished my paper and I was going to have to scrawl out the last bit of it in the hallway before class right. started or over lunch hour? Would I have taken that day as, you know, I'm really not feeling into it today since I'm only halfway through my paper that's due. Funny coincidence, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Midterms are today and I'm having a mental health crisis. So see you tomorrow. God, that made my stomach tighten up thinking about it. And speaking of, you know. You don't have $400, it's your own fault. It was my own fault. Nobody did this to me, but putting off my paper and I got to finish it in the morning and, oh, it's just the worst. <laughs> Finishing it, sit, trying to write on the on the floor in the hallway outside the classroom door to finish something. Just, oh, the worst. You know what? I'm a uh, terrible person is the problem. You know what really bothers me, Jack, is that uh, I, I think about you and then I think about that uh, that young woman in your class who planned ahead and turned in the rough draft and the rest of it. And the grade inequality. The rough draft. Tur- right, rough draft. I know. <laughs> yeah. I've never done one in my life. The rough no, draft's the final draft. What bothers me is the grade inequality and the paper inequality that existed in your class. How she had so much more than you did. <laughs> and nobody ever asks Jack about this. why are you scrawling the end <laughs> as you walk into class. Where are same idea? The people that turned in their papers early, like it's due on Friday, but you went ahead and turned it in on Tuesday because you were you were done with it, and I might as well give it to the teacher in front of everybody else to lord it over you. Yes. Um. Where where do those people end up? Are they all our bosses now, or did they go crazy and kill themselves? Or I don't know. Some I, of each, probably. <laughs> People might have well as been like a time-traveling alien for as little as I understood their, their perspective of the world. Right. You oh. turned it in early. The, pre- the teacher's not even asking for it, and you gave it to them. Well, and you know, it was. Uh, I remember from college thinking, I want so badly to be the kind of guy who will go today and get started on this. All right. I, I want to get it done. I want to do the research. I want to... I, I it, it, but I knew myself well enough to not say, "All right, this time I'm going to." See, I, I just did. Thought, I did I, that. I did that oh, very did thing every time. <laughs> oh, this boy. time, this this semester, this semester they put out the assignment. First day, I go to the library and get started on this, and I do a little bit every day, so I'm not in this sort of right. crisis. Chip away, chip away. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> you know, the rough draft is like Bigfoot. It's actually never been seen. <laughs> God dang it.
<laughs> and, you know, I'm glad that they, they, they push that on you. It's a good idea, actually. It, but, it is a good idea. It's a fine, fine idea. <laughs> and one that I embraced, actually, later in life uh, uh, for various assignments. But I used to crank out my usual B-plus final draft, which was the first draft that ever existed. Sure. And then, like, I can't <laughs> photocopy it or, or co- print out another one of them and, like, hastily scratch stuff out and write other phrases oh, yeah. in and that all. That was the worst. The teachers that wanted to see the rough draft. Right. To try to force you to do it. So then I'd write the paper. Then I got to write the paper again, but more Badly. sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> and scratch out some words, which yeah. is more work, by the way, than yes. doing a rough draft in the yes, first place. idiot. <laughs> eh, what God are you going to do? Dang it. I know I got at least one kid that's going to do it the same way, too. So, Well, if we're done kicking ourselves for lack of self-discipline, I'd like to kick myself for how much I ate over the weekend. It's, uh, it's funny we're going to get bacon later on because the hog really ought to be eating me. Who's the bigger <laughs> hog here, me or the actual pig? And no inf- new info on weight gain, too, that will actually be pretty helpful oh, later boy. in the show.